Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Welcome back to our uh, series on Proverbs. And we are still in chapter four, but we are learning some things. And I hope we're not only learning things, but we're practicing the things that we're learning. I'm reminding you of that because I have to remind myself. Um, so let's look, chapter four, let's read verse 20 again. My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Turn your foot from evil. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for, the, <clears throat> for those who are, who are studying with us, Lord, through this tremendous book that you have inspired. And I pray, dear God, Oh, Lord, please save all who hear. And Lord, I pray that they will grow in Christ-likeness, grow in wisdom. They will walk according to your, your will. Oh, Father, make something great in your eyes from these children, these young people. Oh, Lord, that they might serve you, love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, I ask all of this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, remember, in this part of the series, the key word is pay attention. Pay attention, pay attention. And uh, I know that your mom and dad are always telling you that. So I'm telling you also, but this is with regard to the word of God. Verse 20 through 22, pay attention to the word of God because it's your life. This is no small thing. Everything in your life will be determined by your relationship to God's word. And then he says, pay attention or watch over your heart. We learned last in the last lesson that the heart is kind of the control center of everything. It's a fountain that will either purify or pollute everything it touches. So if your heart is not pure, then that impurity will go out into every aspect of your life. But if your heart is pure, if you're cultivating purity, if you're seeking to purify your heart by renewing your mind in the word of God, it will have a positive, spiritual, mature effect upon the rest of you. All right, now 
We're in verse 24, and we're going to talk about the mouth. We're going to talk about our words. Uh, sometimes the Bible uses the, the term our lips, our tongue. Um, and he says in verse 24, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Here, devious mouth and devious speech are looked at as something dangerous, harmful, and um, in some ways, just disgusting. Like if, if there was a, a smelly sewer or rotten food, you'd want to put it as far from you as possible. Young person, sometimes in our foolishness, we think that um, cleverness of speech, um, saying certain things make us look uh, cool. <laughs> or people will think we're really something. Usually when that's the case, um, it just leads people to think that we're far more foolish than they thought we were. And so we need to be very careful with our speech. Before we get to that, I want you to remember what we learned in our last lesson. You can sit there and, I mean, you could put bolts on your mouth, I guess. You could sew your lips together or cut out your tongue. Now, I'm speaking in hyperbole. I don't want you to do any of that. But you're dealing with the symptom. The root cause is your heart. That's the root cause. But let's go on. And he says, pay attention to your mouth. How do we do that? First of all, he says, put away or remove from you a deceitful mouth. Now, literally in the Hebrew, it's put away from you crookedness of mouth. Now, that sounds a little bit strange, but we're going to understand it here in a moment. Crookedness in the Bible is that which is morally perverse, uh, twisted, uh, contrary to truth. Um, related to also foolishness. Now, crookedness of speech, crookedness of mouth can be perverting the truth, lying, or twisting the truth so that it fits our evil desires or our evil plans. It's also about speaking evil or speaking perverse things. When I was a little boy, um, you know, you grew up, uh, especially working cattle and things like that, and you grew up and you wanted to be like the men. And the, one of the things a lot of the men did was uh, perverse speech, a lot of cursing. <laughs> when you're working with cattle, there's a lot of cursing. And when you're a young person, you think, wow, I want to be a man like that. I want to talk like that. Uh, there's nothing manly about that. Uh, when you hear a man full of cursing, full of perverse speech, you don't want to be like that because that's not what it means to be a man. That's not what it means to be brave or strong or noble. It is a terrible, terrible character flaw that reveals something very important about the heart of that man. So here, I want us to look at a few passages in Proverbs that tells us when you, when you hear somebody speaking deceitful things, perverse things, twisted things, dirty things, wrong things, what does it reveal about them? Well, first of all, it reveals 
it reveals a worthlessness and a, a wickedness. And worthlessness here is not that they don't have monetary value. It means that they lack nobility. They lack honor. They lack integrity. In Proverbs 6.12, it says, A worthless person, a wicked man, is one who walks with a perverse mouth. Now, that's the same word used here. And I want you to see, again, someone who is constantly speaking with foul language, they're not noble. They're ignoble. They're worthless. And it shows that there's wickedness rooted in their heart. Also, when you see someone speaking with perverse speech, with crookedness of mouth, you know this about them. They're foolish. They are foolish. So Proverbs 19.1, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. So what do we know when we hear someone talking like, let's put it this way, we hear someone saying things like a grown-up in the sense that they're talking about foul things or they're using foul language or they're cursing? Is it something we want to imitate? Absolutely not. Why? Because to a discerning wise person, that foul language is revealing two things. That person who is speaking that way has wickedness rooted in their heart, number one. And number two, they're foolish. They're foolish. And number, well, and another thing, they, uh, they just are not noble. They are not noble. Now, let's go on. He says, he says, not only put away from you a deceitful mouth, but put devious speech far from you. Again, crookedness of lips, put far from you. Get it away from you. Don't let it be associated with you. Don't let it be near you. Don't let it come near you. Now, remember what we learned in our last session, that if we're constantly hearing things, good or bad, it's going to have an impact on us. It's not a question of if it will have an impact, because it will, okay? So here's what I want you to think about. Um, not only must you not use perverse speech, lying speech, twisted speech, crookedness of mouth. But you need to stay away from people who do. Why? Because it's going to have an impact upon you. In this case, instead of practicing social distancing, you need to practice spiritual distancing. Realize that godly men and women are going to have a godly impact on your life. And people who are not godly are going to have an ungodly impact upon your life. Young people have said this many times that when I was young as a Christian and, and I was saved as a as a young man who was who was very sinful and God saved me. One of the greatest kindnesses God showed me after he saved me was he surrounded me by godly with godly people. And those godly people had an impact on my life. And I could also tell, um, I remember um, during the school year, during the semester, they were all around me. And there was so much strength in that. And then I remember 
on one of the summer breaks, most of them went off to, to return home. I continued there at the university to study and work, but they went home. And I can tell you, it was much more difficult for me. Their godly influence was so important. And therefore, when it says remove devious speech, put it far from you. It's not just don't let it be found in your mouth, but don't hang around people who are full of devious speech. Now, also, like a, a deceitful or perverse speech reveals much about the heart, well, also devious speech re reveals much about the heart. Uh, the person who has perverse speech is an abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 3.32, for the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. Do you see what's going on here? God hates devious speech. Why? Because he loves the truth. Also, because devious speech is very harmful to the people whom God loves. God is love, and because God is love, God hates. You say, how does that work? Well, if I love what is good, I'm going to hate what is evil. If I love with a passion what is good, I'm going to hate with a passion what is evil. For example, if, if I love children, I am going to hate the practice of abortion. If I love Jewish people, I'm going to hate the Holocaust. If I love African-American people, I'm going to hate slavery. Do you see? You can't be neutral. And so God, to him, those that have a devious speech, it's because they're devious. And God hates that deviousness in them. So we need to learn to hate what God hates. We need to hate devious speech and put it far from us. Also, a person with devious speech, the Bible says, in some sense, they're despising the Lord. In Proverbs 14, 2, he who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. You see, disobedience in many ways is simply a lack of love for the Lord. Well, to be obedient, we need to put away devious speech. But if we love devious speech and we practice devious speech, it's demonstrating something, a lack of love for the Lord. And in many ways, we're despising him, especially when we use devious speech to curse or devious speech also to, uh, to hurt someone whom God loves. Never forget that not only Christians, but every person on this planet was created by God and belongs to God. For you to use devious speech to hurt anyone, to knock anyone down, to make them feel bad about themselves, to make fun of them, it's not something that God delights in. To him, it is an abomination. Now, why must we put all these things, these crooked mouths and devious speech away from us? Why must we do it? Well, I want us to look at several texts 
because I, I, I want us to always think it's not only that we need to put away from ourselves evil things, we need to do good things. Not only should we put away evil things, but we should digest or take into our life good things. And so I want us to look, let's um, depart for a moment from Proverbs and let's go to Ephesians 4.29. We are commanded there to avoid evil speech. He says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. No unhealthy word. Okay, but what is a healthy word? And what is an unhealthy word? He's going to go on and tell us. He says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment. Now, what is a healthy word? A word that when it is spoken, it edifies, it builds up people. It promotes godliness in their life. It encourages them. It blesses them. What's an unwholesome word? Well, a word that does the opposite. You know, um, if you were here at the Heart Cry office, you would know that uh, many of us, including myself, are, are jokesters. <laughs> we love to laugh. Uh, we have a, a, a good time. And, but sometimes, even old guys like us can cross the line. And we have to be very, very careful because uh, although it's, it's fun to have fun, we need to make sure that the greater part of our speech has to do with building people up. And that doesn't mean that you're just always quoting verses at people. It's being polite. It's complimenting people. It's telling people how much you care for them. It's, it's pointing out the good about them, not flattery, but just constantly building up, building up. So he says, but only such a word as is good for education according to the need of the moment. Now this requires discernment. You know, I've seen people that, that, that were having a problem and passing through a trial and someone comes up and starts talking to them and they're just talking nonsense. We need to be able to discern, is this person happy? Are they sad? Are they passing through a trial? We need to have discernment as to whether we should speak or not. Because sometimes the most biblical thing we can do is just sit down beside a person or leave them alone. You know, Job's friends got in trouble because they gave him a lot of advice that, that uh, was wrong. If they'd have just kept their mouth shut and sat down beside him and been there for him, they would have probably done a lot better. So we need to be able to discern the need of the moment. We need to be able to, to just um, say words of kindness and edification, okay? So that it will give grace to those who hear. That our words are gracious. They build people up. They encourage people. And he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This grieving of the Holy Spirit linked to our language shows us something that the Holy Spirit is truly grieved 
by unwholesome, unedifying, unbiblical language. And it's not just because of the damage it's done. It's not just because the words are harsh, but it's also it reveals our heart. One of the quickest ways to grieve the Holy Spirit is to speak in a way that's not biblical. Now, not only are we commanded to avoid evil speech and to give speech that edifies, but we're commanded to speak the truth in love in Ephesians 4.15. Back up a little from Ephesians 4.29 and 30. 4.15, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ. Speak truth, truth, but speak it in love. You know, a scalpel, you know what that is, a surgeon, a brilliant, trained, discerning, wise <laughs> surgeon can use a scalpel to save someone's life. A fool, untrained and undiscerning, unwise, can take that same scalpel and try to do good, but actually hurt somebody, kill somebody. It's the same way. I've seen people use truth and actually use it to damage because they did not speak the truth in love. They did not speak the truth in love. They spoke the truth maybe to just show someone their sin so that they could somehow be above them. They spoke the truth in order just because they have a critical spirit and they found a way to bring someone else down. We speak the truth motivated by love and in a way that demonstrates love. And yes, it's true. There are times when we must speak a hard word. Jesus did, the Apostle Paul did, the prophets did, but always in love. Now, I want to look at a text that is really um, disturbing. I have to say that it's, it's disturbing. Uh, and it should increase your fear of the Lord. Go with me to Matthew 12. Matthew 12, verse 34 through 37. Jesus says this, and man, you, you, <laughs> you, you comprehend this and it's really going to impact you. You brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? Do you see what's going on? If your heart is evil, then evil's going to come out. And so it's always a heart issue. For the mouth speaks out of that which um, fills the heart. Again, direct relationship between the heart and the mouth. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. Again, there's a direct relationship between our heart and what we do and what we say. That's the reason why we must guard our heart. And that's the reason why I believe here in Proverbs, he mentions guarding the heart before he mentions speech. Because if you try to fix the speech without fixing the heart, you're in trouble. Verse 36 is the disturbing verse. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. Every careless word 
For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, let me say something here that's very important. He is not saying that we're saved by works or words. He's not, saved, he's not saying that on the day of judgment there's a scale and, you know, he's going to put our words on this side and, you know, righteousness on the other. And if our words aren't righteous, we have no hope of heaven. First of all, we must always lay the foundation. What? We're saved by grace. We're saved by the work of Christ on our behalf. But for the believer, there is also there is a judgment, not with regard to salvation, but with regard to the way we have lived our lives. And I can't fully explain it. I just have to hold to those two truths. But what we're seeing here primarily is this. You will know them by their fruits. This is a truth, young person, that no one can get away from. We're not saved by works. But if you're a person who professes faith in Christ, professes faith in Christ, and yet your works are constantly and radically contrary to the Christian life, if your words are constantly contrary to what the scriptures say about a Christian, you need to truly reevaluate your profession of faith because you will know them by their fruits. But the thing I want to concentrate on here is the word careless. He says, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. Now, the word careless here, it, uh, of course, is translated careless in the New American Standard and the ESV. It's translated worthless in the uh, New English translation. And it's translated, very good translation, in the King James an idle word. The idea, every word that is barren, like barren of good, uh, inactive, idle, it does nothing, it, it helps nothing, will be judged for that word. Now, do, do you see what's going on here? He's not saying simply that every cuss word or every wicked word or every dirty word or every angry word. But he's saying that, that we're stewards of everything, even of our speech. And we're commanded to submit our speech to the Lord and to his will. He's saying every word that, that doesn't help. <laughs> I think that'd be the best way to put it. Every word that comes out of our mouth that doesn't help. When you tell your little brother, you know, um, you're weak and you can't do anything, does that help? I mean, th does that really help? No, it doesn't help. Just tears them down. So it's not only in speaking the truth, it's speaking the truth in a way that helps. How can I help this person? Remember one time a group of people came to talk to me after I was preaching and one of the young believers that was in the group said something that was uh, wasn't heretical, but it wasn't wise. And the other believers were pretty mature. And so 
I didn't say anything. I just didn't say anything. And I decided in love, if I point this out right now to this person, it's going to humiliate them in front of everyone else. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait and I'll, I'll get them in a few minutes when they're by themselves, and I'll say, you probably could have worded this differently because what you said was, well, it, it wasn't exactly what the scriptures teach. And, but before I had the chance to do that, someone was like, later on, before I got to that person, it's like, why didn't you rebuke them? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And, and I thought to myself, what, you wanted me to crush that person in front of everybody? The people who were there were mature believers. They realized that they said something immature. So what, what do you want me to do? You want me to crush this person. You see, we want to be very careful even when we speak the truth. And we, we look, it's not just this word wasn't bad. God's going to be asking you, but was the word good? Was the word good? Did it help? Did it do something? Was it a word that was useless? Absolutely useless. You see, it doesn't have to be a word that does a lot of harm. Was it just a word that's useless? It didn't help, you see. And so we're, the Bible says that the tongue is a very powerful thing and we can use it for good and we can use it for evil. Now, sometimes uh, things are, we're sitting around the table here at Heart Cry and we're dealing with a whole bunch of problems and it's kind of difficult. Um, and somebody will say something funny, really funny. And you say, well, how does that help? Won't that be judged on the day of judgment? Well, I don't think so, because actually it did help. <laughs> it kind of relieved us for a moment. Made us all not take ourselves so seriously. So I'm not saying death to humor. <laughs> I'm not saying death to, to saying funny things. But we do need to be very careful with our speech. Very careful with our speech. Now. Let's go on here. I just want to point out something that words have consequences. In Proverbs 18:21, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, this has been this text has been uh, distorted by certain peoples to to say that they had the power to name and claim things. You know, I have the power to say this and speak it into existence and all these kinds of things. That's not at all what this text is saying. It's saying, though, that our words are important and that death has been caused by words and life caused by words. I'll give an example, a person who's on the verge of suicide Someone comes to them, sits down and speaks wisdom to them, encouragement to them, and they realize this is foolishness that I entertain this idea. There is a reason to be alive with words. Someone was saved. The gospel comes in words. And when we preach the gospel correctly, it brings life to those who believe. But if we preach the gospel incorrectly, a false gospel, it can bring death. Do you see that? It can bring death. Our words can encourage somebody. 
and make them hopeful. Our words can take away someone's hope and leave them just unwilling to go on. And so death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can, as an older brother or an older sister, you can so build up, not with flattery, but just with kindness and encouraging words, you can build up your younger sisters and brothers. You can be the example. First Peter 3.10, quoting from Psalms 34, 12 through 13, for the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. You know, um, as I said, if you speak an encouraging word to someone, it'll bring them life. But encouraging words are not only for those to whom you speak them. Encouraging words have a blessing for us. Uh, people who, by and large, spend their life encouraging and building up other people, they themselves receive the blessing from that ministry. Also, if you're constantly speaking useless words, evil words, twisted words, devious speech, crooked mouth, crooked lips, sooner or later, God is not mocked. You will reap what you sow. And in time, people will realize that you're not the kind of person they want to be with because your evil speech is just, well, it's evidence of what's going on in your heart, that you have an evil heart. So young people, listen to me. Listen to the word. Sit down maybe, or even ask your mom and dad to sit with you and say, what's my speech like? Think about the way you talk to your younger brother and sister or your older brother and sister or your friends. Ask yourself, what's my speech like? What is it like? Have other people tell you? Ask them the question. Have I been encouraging in my speech or have I been a person who tears others down? Have I been helpful or hurtful? These are questions I have to ask myself and I'm telling you, you need to do the same. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, we've looked at pay attention to the word, pay attention to your heart, pay attention to your speech. And now we're going to talk about in the next lesson, Lord willing, pay attention to your focus because where your eyes are looking, that's also an indication of the desires of your heart. Well, God bless. We'll see you in the next uh, session. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com 